Thank you for joining the City Growth Church Podcast. Here at CGC, we're a community of imperfect people living in apprenticeship to a perfect God. If you enjoyed today's message, please like, share, subscribe, and leave a brief review to help make this resource more available to your loved ones. God bless you, and let's start tracking together starting with today's message. I told y'all I used a little microphone. I don't need it, but we still do it, right? Because I like to be like, anybody like to be loud? Literally just me and Kayla in this room. Yeah, People like who like to be loud. Finn, if you're going to be in here, you got to come over here and sit, Bubba. Come and sit with everybody else. Yeah, I love you too. I don't know if y'all saw that, but I lost that battle, okay? That was a battle I did not win. It was a battle I did not continue, right? Uh, yep. He's being good. So, real quick, it's not going to pop up on the screen, but I really got to thinking about something before before I got before I got going here. So we're going to be obviously. I told y'all we're going to look at Acts chapter two. Everybody with me? Acts chapter two. Y'all familiar with with what's about to happen? Right? No. All right. Let me refresh you. So Acts chapter two, and I'm going to read it. Y'all ready for this? It's happened twice before. Here's a third time. I'm going to read it out of the King James Version because I really like two words we're about to see here. Everybody with me? I like two words we're about to see. I mean, I like more than that, but but this particular translation, I like how, how it's phrased. So Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, and it says, And when the day of Pentecost... All right, everybody, that sounds complicated, right? 50 days after the Passover. We all together? Because I know you're, you're wondering, right? Because you're like me and you got to know everything... About everything Pentecost. Everybody, 50 days after Passover. So, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord. The apostles drove a Honda. They were all with one accord in one place. There's your dad joke for the day. Verse 2, and suddenly, all right, guys, how does Jesus, how does the power of the Holy Spirit how does the power come? It is really emphasized in the book of Mark. Suddenly. When Jesus is telling the disciples in, in the book of Mark to, to come and follow, what do they always say? Immediately they left their nets. Immediately Matthew gets out of the tax collector's box and he comes. Immediately. So verse 2, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. This is sounding cool, right? Y'all with me? And it filled all the house where they were sitting. If it fills the whole house, we talked about right before we got started, what is God the God of? Abundance. The God of overflow. It says that this, this spirit comes in, right? And it fills the whole house. And they were sitting where they were sitting, verse 3, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and it sat upon each of them. And we're about to come up on the there's two words right right quick. This is why we, we chose to read this real quick from the, 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 the King James. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Guys, as a country, we gotta we gotta invite the Holy Ghost back into our lives. We gotta invite the Holy Ghost back into the schools because we've taken him out. The more that we allow 
the world to saturate our minds, the more that we begin to look like the world. We used to be, last week, remember, we looked at the Declaration. What was the Declaration of Independence? What did it have in the second paragraph? What did it have? Corey's back there. Turn my microphones off. This thing died. What did it have in the second? I'll get there. What did it have in the second paragraph? Right there in the second. This thing will come, I promise. I promise, y'all. In the second paragraph, there becomes this need of a life of liberty and pursuit of happiness from who? Your endowed creator. This country was founded on the scripture. We said we don't want to offend anybody. Well, if offending them brings the Holy Ghost into their lives, maybe they need to be offended. And maybe the problem is we need to be offended and let the Holy Ghost back into our lives. We have become, look at me guys, we have become soft. I don't want to step on anybody's toes. I'd rather step on their toes here than see them living in hell. But we don't want to talk about that. Well, somebody might. Then offend them, guys. They need Jesus just like you need Jesus. We, we There's a pride thing going on, guys. We don't think we need Jesus anymore. You, you know what the problem is? Is We see Jesus. We acknowledge Jesus. We know who Jesus is. But there's a third member of, of, of the Trinity that we forget about. Remember last week we talked about how we call it the Holy Spirit, right? Holy Ghost is a person. We don't say the Jesus, right? Oh, I'm just out here praying to the Jesus. If you say the Jesus, you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. The phrasing says everything we need to know. We have become unfamiliar with the Holy Spirit. See, it's inundated. It is ingrained in our minds to not have a closeness that we were given at birth to be linked to Holy Ghost power. But here we are. I don't want even. You need to bring him into your life. You need to bring him into your workplace. Kids, you need to bring him into your schools. We've taken, we've taken Holy Ghost out of everything else. And, and you see, I found that we, again, we, we kind of get inundated, right? We, the Holy Spirit, it's, it's this, this, this formal thing, right? I want you to have a relationship with him. That's why I'm using Holy Ghost, right? I want you guys to have the power of Holy Ghost in your lives. We're going to look at Acts chapter 2 today, and we're going to study Acts chapter 2. But I don't want you to just look at it and go, that was kind of weird, right? Like, yeah, it's a lot of stuff going on there. Remember last week we looked at a picture of, of, of some scripture that was short, but there was a lot of things going on, right? There's a lot of stuff going on in these first four verses. And check this out. We're going to look at 12 verses. And the reason we're not looking at 13 and 14 is I think that they should actually be grouped. If you go to the original text, it is grouped with this next part, right? So we have phrasing and grouping. So when you talk, you talk in one breath, right? Like, All right, so the thought continues, 13 and 14 and 15. Basically, I'm going to give you all a spoiler alert. These guys start speaking with the Holy Spirit. These guys start having Holy Ghost power in their lives. And people go, holy cow, they're drunk. 
Could you imagine that? Like they have no other, they have no other defense of the supernatural thing that they've just seen, and they go, man, they must be drunk. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I've been drunk, right? Never once did I get drunk and go, man, Holy Ghost power is surging through me, right? Like I can speak prophecy now. No, a drunk man speaks drunk utterance. What they're speaking is not drunkenness. What they're speaking is the Holy Ghost. What they're speaking is Holy Spirit power. We, guys, we've gotten too distant. We've gotten, there's no familiarity with it. And we keep giving more ground to the world. Paul says, remember in, in Romans chapter 12, that we're not, supposed to be, we're not supposed to be conformed to the world, right? We're supposed to be transformed and take the power of Holy Spirit into the world around us. I'm sorry if I get excited, but I'm not sorry, guys. This is something we have to get excited about. This is something that we have to invite into our lives. And if we don't, the world will penetrate you. The world will inundate you. And the world will make you look like it instead of the opposite. Amen. I'm going to preach today. So here we are in Acts chapter 2. And I know what you're thinking. This sounds crazy. Look at me, guys. It does sound crazy. Only if you've never experienced it. If you've experienced this and this is something that is, that is familiar to you, this ain't crazy. Right? This is just God being God. And if you don't know what it looks like to see God being God, I pray for you today that you see God be God in your life. You look too much like the world. Acts chapter 2. Now let's look at it in the New King James. It looks a little, it's a little more, right? Like we can make more sense of it here. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, fully come, They were all with one accord, there's my dad joke, and in one place. Why do we gather the saints? So that we can be with one accord in one place. I have a pastor mentor, right? Every Sunday morning he starts his, he, he, he puts some scripture out for everybody. And he says, good morning, saints and ain'ts. Right? And I used to laugh. I mean, I was just like you, I laughed. And then there, there came a click with me one day where I realized that's not funny. Why? Because he is literally putting it out there and saying, hey, those who will see heaven and those who will see hell, good morning. Good morning to both of you. And here we are in a place where we say, ah, I don't want to offend anyone. Guys, the problem is you haven't been offended enough. The word of God is offensive. It invades your personal space. It gets in all the nooks and crannies and it takes out all the dirty and replaces it with the sanctity of God. They were all with one accord in one place. And again, here we go. Suddenly or immediately, with immediacy, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And I know what you're thinking. This is kind of crazy, like, like a, a big breeze, like a draft, right? No, 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 no. Any of you guys who were around when we did our, our Hebrew word study about six months ago, remember the word ruach? Remember how funny it sounds to say ruach, right? Everybody go ahead one time, ruach, ruach. What is this? 
It is the breathing out of life, right? The word spirit is the same word in the Hebrew for the word wind. Look at this. Now that you know that, and there came from heaven a sound as of a rushing mighty wind. So immediately God breathed power into that room. At this point in time in church history, we have 120 believers. 120. 120 people go to change the world. And how does that happen? It's funny you would ask because we're going to look at it, right? We're going to see how 120 people could change the world. I know, guys, it's a world of distraction. Y'all see the police and the fire department outside? And look, guys, you can't get distracted by that. That I'm not being funny, and I know we've said it before. That is the devil trying to get your attention right now. And notice that it's happening in the same service that we talk about how the world has inundated our minds. And everything has caused us to be distracted. I don't think that's coincidental. Right now, the devil is trying to get you to look that way. And a lot of y'all are falling for it. Guys, your attention, your focus should be on the word of God. This tells us everything we need to know. Does what's happening out there affect you? You got it. Not at all. Does your attention leaving the word of God affect you? Absolutely. And they were all with one accord in one place and a sound from heaven. Where did it come from, y'all? Heaven. What does that mean? It came down. We had the Spirit come to us. We look for every excuse to not be focused on the Word of God. And it comes to you. So in other words, if you don't find it, it's because you were running away. If you can't find the Word of God, it's because you weren't looking. I'm scaring some people. I promise, it's okay. Right? And there was a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues. Remember the King James said cloven tongues. That just sounds cool. What does it mean? It just means it's divided. And there were divided tongues as of fire. So we have a mighty rushing wind. So in other words, we literally have God, Ruach, breathing in life to this room of 120 believers. And now we have the fire from heaven. We get this like this negative connotation of fire, right? We only see the destruction of fire. Would y'all agree? We, when you think of a fire, do you think, man, that's good? No, you think of devastation. And, and let me tell you something for a second. You need devastation. What? So a seed-bearing fruit. Y'all familiar with a seed-bearing fruit like watermelon? Y'all like watermelon? Yes. Y'all like cantaloupe? Yes. Those are seed-bearing fruit. There's a thing that Jesus repeatedly talks about in Scripture. And y'all want to guess what it is? Seed-bearing fruit. Can I tell you a little secret about seed-bearing fruit real quick? It has to die to live. You follow that? It has to die. Do you know how you get more fruit? For that fruit to die in the form of the seed, right? Then that seed to be planted. And then from that, death rises new life. And does it rise new life just one more, just one little inky-dinky little fruit? No. It brings 
There's the word total we're looking at here. What does total surrender mean? All of it. If you leave anything of you behind in there and don't surrender it to him, that is not total surrender. My grandma's freaked out over there. She's like, that boy's yelling. But she's not even freaked out. She's like, actually, that's just his normal, that's his normal voice, right? And from there is a mighty rushing wind that filled the whole house. And they were sitting with them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them. Holy cow. All right, I know there's a lot to unpack. And we're unpacking it as we go. Because I told y'all, there's a lot to cover here. It's going to be crazy. Y'all are going to love it. If you don't, you can have your money back. There's my dad joke number two, right? So right here, guys. It fills upon each of them. What does this mean for us? It means that Holy Ghost power, Holy Spirit lives within each and every single believer. Is, is Holy Ghost just this one, like, one little sky daddy kind of floating around? <laughs> no. It is literally a personal, it is a personal being that Jesus left behind for us, that Jesus told us he was leaving for us, and we weren't to leave until we found it. And here it is, and it's settling on each and every single one of us. Holy Ghost power is readily available to each and every single person. Verse 4. And they were all filled. There goes that phrasing again, guys. Can you leave anything of you behind? No. Y'all ever seen a a seed that still had a little bit of life to it, right? Like it wasn't completely, it wasn't completely dead, it wasn't completely died out. And it can start to bloom. Anybody knows what happens? Almost every time it'll die. Because it didn't have total surrender, right? The old life form will try and take over. And there's no fruit. Your lives can look the exact same way. You can start to show new fruit. Right? You can claim that you had total surrender, but the old you is still present. And if the old you is still present, then guess who doesn't live there? You got it. Total surrender. Absolute surrender. And how does it happen? With immediacy, with a sudden rushing wind. Does this mean that instantaneously everything is different and you're just crazy, new, and, and refreshed? No, it means everything starts to die and you start to head in the right direction, right? We have what is called sanctification, right? This is you literally receiving the Spirit of God and being saved. Or justification, rather, sorry. This, this is the act of justification. You have been justified, right? So, like, a judge, y'all familiar with this phrasing? A judge says, no, you don't need Right? Y'all following along? And from that moment forward, when the judge says not guilty, if that person goes and falls back into the same lifestyle they were living, where are they going to end up? Once more. Right back where they came from. On the judgment seat. So we have this, this progression of sanctification. Now I got my phrasing right, right? We have, this, uh, we have this act of sanctification. It means that every single day you strive to be more like Jesus. Remember, we put it on our wall because we think it's that important. How do you practice the way? By being with Jesus, by being like Jesus. You can't be 
like Jesus unless you're with Jesus. You can't be like Jesus unless you do what Jesus did. You can't go to the cross and save mankind. Let me just put that out there for you, right? But you can invite people to your house for a meal. You can show up and serve the community. You can do these things that resemble God, right? That resemble Jesus. So I told you all I'm going to make all this make sense because there was a lot to unpack right there, right? Like there's like a wind and there's a fire. And I think somebody said something about a dinosaur, right? Like y'all, you're getting sidetracked. So you cannot have what we just witnessed here, what we just experienced, what we just read about. It's called Pentecost. You can't have Pentecost without the ascension. You can't have the ascension. This is on your little sheet, just in case y'all are like a note taker. You can't have Pentecost without the ascension. You can't have the ascension without the resurrection. You can't have the resurrection without the redemption. And you can't have the redemption without the Savior. Y'all see that? You cannot have the redemption you can't have justification without the justifier. Y'all hold that. You can't have salvation without the Savior. You cannot be made right on your own standing. You needed the blood of Jesus Christ. And look, guys, I know it's hard. Right? Like, the, the, the desire to sin, check this out. I don't care who tells you otherwise. It don't get no easier. As a matter of fact, the, the longer you go without sin, the more you want to sin. And, and it feels so good in a moment. Anybody fall, fall into sin? Oh, feels good for a second. But then there's the aftermath, right? There's, this, the, there's the, the backtracking where you go, oh, man, what have I done? Right? Like, what did I do? Everybody, anybody ever got, I know that y'all haven't, because y'all are, y'all are just lovely. Anybody ever gotten into an argument with somebody, right? Right? And like, you're, you're holding your tongue. There's always that thing in there that you want to say, right? And most of the time, you're being good. Like, I'm being a good boy, being a good girl, but one time, right? That person just says that one thing, that all, that's all they needed to say for you to just like, here comes devastation. Right? And you just forget everything that you've ever known in pursuit of retaliation. And y'all, now, now I told y'all, I know y'all ain't never felt like that. I know y'all. Right? But hypothetically, if you never felt that way, how good did it feel? Great! For a second. And then immediately as you see their face going from like, rah, 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 to, right? Like once you see the mouth open moment, you're like, oh crap, I'm going to regret that. And if it was your spouse that you did that with, one of y'all is sleeping on the couch, right? Or there's even worse, like you want to, you might like sleep in the same bed, but like you go back to back, right? And it's like this, it's like a battle to not speak to one another, right? And you like huff and puff and make noises so that like, you know what I'm saying? So the other person knows like I'm not talking to you, right? Like you have this moment of, of like, oh, right? Like, you feel the whole bed shake. And it felt good in that second, right? That second that you said the thing you shouldn't have said. Because remember, I know that y'all don't know how this feels, but hypothetically, that for that second, it felt great. 
And, and seriously, in the, in the same second that it felt great, when you see the mouth open, there's the moment of, uh-oh. Right? You ever been there? You're like, uh-oh. <laughs> I should not have said that. Right? You have your Betty moment white. Betty white moment. Right? Where you were hungry for Snickers. Right? And you took that first bite. You felt great. Then you realize you're a diabetic. And that what you thought was the first bite was a whole six-pack of Snickers. Nobody, I know y'all don't know what this goes like, right? But the next thing you know, you're in like DKA. That's diabetic ketoacidosis. And like you're on the way to the hospital, right? But it felt good for a second. Our lives are the same way, guys. We have to get our attention, our focus back on Jesus. The more focused, the more I am tuned in and just tuning out. I like peripheral vision, just in case anybody ever wondered. Because I know I've seen y'all before, like, you, you make, like, faces and stuff at me and you kind of snicker. Like, I don't see this, but I hear the snicker, okay? <laughs> you have to get your mind, your focus, your, your line of, of, of thought, your line of vision. Everything has to be on Jesus. And if it's not, you will have the moment of, oh, did you just say that? It'll happen. Here's the crazy part. Okay, the spouse that was mad at you and often puffed, right, or told you, you know you're sleeping downstairs, right? There, there's like, there is rebuttal to the retaliation. Anybody familiar with that? No, y'all aren't because this was a hypothetical situation, I know. But here's the really crazy part. We're human. That, all that that I just explained, it happens. The crazy part is every single day, we turn our backs on Jesus. We turn our backs on God the Father. We literally tell Holy Spirit, you don't exist. You don't have power in my life. You're just some crazy, calm and dumb guy. Right? You're sky daddy. And we turn our backs on the cross. And the crazy part is, while our spouse is quick to not forgive us for weeks on end, and even after they said, yeah, I, you know, I accept your apology, they're still, they are still like searching line on eBay to, to, to like decompose your dead body, right? <laughs> like it happens. But the crazy part is Jesus never for an instant held any kind of grudge against us. Every time we turn our back, when we turn our backs, because we do turn our backs, every time we turn our backs on Jesus, he says, you're forgiven. You're like, but wait a minute, where's the like moment where you're like huffing at me? It's like there's none. I died on the cross, right? I carried all your sins, past, present, future. I carried all your sins as far as the east is from the west. I don't know if you know how far that is, but it's a long way. So we're going to help make all this make sense. Glossa. Everybody say that one. Glossa. Glossalalia. Everybody with me, right? Glossa is the result. Glossa is just a, that's just the Greek way of saying language. All right, so now we're, we're all with each other again. All right, there's a really cool part where people are like, they were fake because the, that doesn't exist. All right, one really cool thing, right? So if you go to 1 Corinthians, if you're a note taker, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, I'm not going to go into all the specifics. I'm just going to go ahead and put it there for you. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, Paul yeah, that Paul talks all about tongues. He talks all about glossa. 
And here's the really crazy part. It can be three things. It can be more than that. It can be three things that we see specifically spoken of in Scripture. It can be unknown human languages, right? Like you all of a sudden speak German. You're like, but I'm French. You speak German, and you don't know German. It can be angelic language. That means that none of us know what you're saying, but God knows. Right? It is literally an unknown tongue. And the third one, the one that I like the most, that Paul specifically talks about, is that it is a prayer language. That means it could be just some crazy mix of all languages, past, present, future, ever known to man, with some of the ones that the angels are singing. Check this out. In Isaiah, guys, there is prophecy being spoken of. of there are angels in heaven that literally sit on the around the glory seat and just say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. All their lives, that's all they ever say. And here's the crazy part. It's more than enough. Because they are living in worship of God. What you say when you're speaking in a... Some scriptures will say another utterance, right? Or the other abilities. What you're speaking ain't between you and your neighbor. If they're worried about it, they got their eyes off of the Lord. If they are worried about what you got going on in your personal prayer life, then they're distracted by the angels. You know what you can do? Pray for them. Maybe that's what you're doing. So they were filled with the Holy Spirit, verse 4, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Glossa is the result of a God that speaks. We are merely a vessel of the Spirit of the Lord. In other words, Holy Spirit that comes and lives in each side of, in, in each and every single one of us, we're just a vessel that's just carrying Holy Spirit around. Inside of each and every single one of y'all is Holy Ghost power. Inside of each and every single one of us, the Holy Ghost is present. He is alive and active. Stop ignoring him. I, I had lunch this past Tuesday with some guys, and man, they were praying for me. I know they're still praying for me. And, and we had this talk of, of like other tongues, right? We're talking about it. And they say, it's alive and active. Because I, I grew up like super Baptist, y'all. Like super Baptist. Like this book of the Bible, we don't talk about this book. This is Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno, right? Like we don't talk about this. There, there's three things we don't talk about. Ruth, because that's a woman. Right? We don't talk about Acts chapter 2, because there's that guy who's in Right? And then we don't talk about Revelation, because that's scary. Okay, y'all, oh, no, y'all, I forgot to give y'all the secret. Guess what? We were going to study Revelation on Wednesdays. But I, the more that I've really been thinking about it, a lot of people don't get to make it on Wednesdays, right? And this is not how oh, Corey's like, say it, Caleb, say it, right? This is not something that I want people to miss. We're going to study. After we finish, we start back in, uh, in chapter 6 of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6 next week. After we finish the Sermon on the Mount, we're going to study Revelation. Why? Because we're crazy, right? You've got to be a little crazy to make to make a prediction like that, right? You've got to be a little crazy to say, man, we should study this together. But here's the crazy part. Is that as I've started studying it uh, to, to get prepared for it, there's so much of, like, misinformation. People trying to scare you about it, right? Oh, it's crazy in there. It's not, actually. It is 
Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, which is how we got Scripture, mind y'all, is Holy Spirit working through John, as John is literally having Jesus prophesy to him, people are like, oh, was it physical or did it have, it doesn't matter. Right? Like whether whether John was brought up into, into heaven and seeing this happen in heaven, or whether Jesus came to earth again and put it into John's brain, doesn't matter. It happened. That's all we need to know. And we're going to study it. Because if we don't give you the correct information, you'll get pulled away by, by these, oh, it's crazy, end time, 666, like, you'll get pulled away to this junk. Y'all got me off on the change. Exodus chapter 19, right, verses 3 through 6. We're going to look at, where does Glossa come from, right? I'm going to fly through this. I told y'all it's water hose. But I really wanted to be able to spend time in Acts chapter 2 to talk about Holy Ghost power. Now i got to tell you where it comes from, right? Because I don't want, listen, I don't want y'all to leave this place and go, crazy guy talking about the yay yay people. Right? Like, don't, I don't want y'all to leave thinking about crazy people. Because look, okay, I love you. I love those people. There are crazy people, right? We all know that. There's a reason why we have the same asylums, right? But there's also very real utterance of the Holy Spirit. And when you see that, when you experience that, you can't, you can't, let, the, you can't let the schools take, take Jesus out anymore. Right? You can't be out in public and be praying and, and worry about what other people are thinking. Because all you got on your mind is Jesus Christ. All you got in your body is the Holy Spirit giving utterance. Exodus 19, verses 3 through 6. And Moses, first five books, right? The Tanakh, Pentateuch, right? The Torah, first five books. This is Moses literally having the revelation of God. We don't go, oh, the first five books are crazy, right? But we look at Revelation and we say, oh, it's beautiful. John's a little crazy out there in Patmos. Not eating enough, staying out the sun. But Moses retells what God says through him and we're like, man, it's a history book. You see what, what misconception will do? Right? You see what a false perception will do? And Moses went up to God. Y'all heard that right. Moses went up to God, and the Lord, or Yahweh, called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, this is Israel, and tell the children of Israel, or tell the children of Jacob, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. He, God's like, hey, I ain't bragging, but remember the Red Sea? They don't want none. Right? God is saying, tell your enemies, tell your children, tell them all. I am that same God. The God that you saw power flowing through, I'm that same God. This is our moment where he says, I am Yahweh, which means I am. Who is he? Moses is like, what, what do I tell him your name is? He says, I am. I was in the beginning. I will be in the end. I am. Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and the children of Israel, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Look, guys, it don't matter how far away you run, he'll always bring you back to himself. If we can learn anything from the children of Israel, y'all go read the first five books. It's like their mothers was like, in every turn they're like, how far can I get from God? 
And God's always chasing after them. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice. All right. The gospel does come with a house key. Right? If you will indeed obey my voice and you keep my covenants. You've got to obey my voice and keep my covenant. Y'all with me? It's not just some willy-nilly like, oh, he died so I can do whatever the crap I wanted to do. Woo! Right? No. Obey my voice means listen, listen to me. Y'all, y'all, y'all don't even see it. How do we hear from him? Oh, what do you say, Caleb? Holy Ghost, right? Speaking to us. We've got to listen. The only way we hear from God is if we listen. Y'all hear that? The only way you hear from God is if you listen. Y'all ever heard of selective hearing? Every single person in this room got selective hearing, whether you want to admit it or not. Uh, I saw Cindy look back at I think Corey might have a little more than the rest of us. <laughs> you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. Y'all, how could, y'all ever heard, how could a loving God, you ain't keeping the commandments, you ain't listening to his voice. He didn't have to give you life. Everything past the moment you were born is a gift. How could a loving God, how could a loving God give you life when you would turn your back on him? But we want to turn it around on God because, you know, nothing ain't ever our fault. Right now, I love him. He's in here with us. Finley is in the accountability age, right? Like, he is in the age of, like, everything is everybody else's fault. This thing broke. I love you, Finley. This thing broke. It's because you did that, right? Or you'd be riding down the road, and he's back there drinking some chocolate milk. He spills it all over himself. Dad, your driving made me do that. No, if your mom was driving, that'd be true. Right? <laughs> He's still having to learn. We're all still learning, right? We're learning to take accountability for ourselves. Verse 6, And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. You were set apart to be different, guys. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. So that's what, that's what God told Moses. He said, who are you? Right? Hey, what do I tell him? He's like, remember the guy who killed all the Egyptians? Right? The veil, well, we're going to hear about a veil, right? Y'all you know, familiar with that phrasing, the, the veil? You know, when Jesus dies on the cross and it says the veil was torn, you're like, well, I, I understand that, but like, where did it come from? So the veil, literally, it starts being like a, a metaphorical thing. It ends up being a physical thing, only so that it can become a metaphorical thing again. It's crazy how scripture works, right? So the veil came because the Israelites, or the, the people of Jacob, were afraid of God's voice. They feared God. Right? Because fire. Remember when I told y'all earlier, when I said fire, what did y'all think? Oh, bad. Don't touch. Fire is the purifier. Y'all heard that? Fire is the purifier. You know how they take old recycled oil and make it usable again? Fire. It goes through a purification process. Y'all know how we get diamonds? Two rocks didn't just rub together. Right? It is a refinement. That little thing you're wearing on your, on your finger, ladies. What does that signify? It signifies a refinement. 
And that refinement signifies the relationship you have with your spouse. Men, you know why you wear the gold little thing on your fingers? Because it's an eternal covenant that you have entered with your wife. You are two that become one. Notice that I said you're two that become one. Does that leave room for weird stuff? Absolutely not. Male and female, God created them. For one another, he created them. Okay? Male, female. One, two. That's it. Anything else you got going on, you need to cut it. You need to trim the fat. Because that is literally against Scripture. All right, now that we're on the same page again. Exodus 19, verses 16 through 22. I'm going to make all this come together quick at the end. I promise it's crazy. Y'all going to love it. If you don't, you got your money back. You didn't pay anything. Then it came to pass. Oh, look at this symbology, y'all. Then it came to pass on the third day. What y'all, what y'all know about third day? What happens on the third day? Jesus rises again. Look at this symbology in the Old Testament. Then it came to pass on the third day, in the morning, huh, huh, y'all, on the third day, in the morning, that there were thundering and lightning. Holy Ghost, in the upper room, mighty rushing wind, breath of God, thunder and lightning, fire, and a thick cloud on the mountain. A veil. And the sound of the trumpet was very loud, so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. They literally bow at the power of Jesus. They literally bow at the, the authority of God the Father. They literally bow at the presence of the Holy Spirit. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. How does God come to us? Fire, right? What does Jesus name Emmanuel? Anybody know what that means? God with us. And it gets even crazier, y'all. The symbology gets even crazier. So you have Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist, and we know about that guy. Why is he called John the Baptist? He baptizes with water, right? And he baptizes with water to cleanse of the, of the physical, right? And he says, there will come a man who baptizes with fire and the Holy Spirit. Who's he talking about? Jesus. Then the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain. And Moses went up, and the Lord said to Moses, Go down and warn the people, lest they break through to gaze at the Lord. God said, Look, y'all feared me, so y'all ain't worthy. God said, I'm the God that made you to live with me in cohabitation in the garden and enjoy my presence, and you keep turning your back on me. It's not until Jesus tears the veil that we can look into the face of God once again. And the only way that we can look into the face of God is through Holy Ghost. It's through Holy Spirit, guys. You've got to be baptized with the fire. Does that mean everybody in this room is going to speak in tongues? Absolutely not. 
But does that mean that everybody in this room has a spiritual gift and a spiritual blessing that God has endowed upon your life? Absolutely. People that stunk at praying before all of a sudden have the ability to pray. Like when they pray, things happen. People who before couldn't stand other people now have the ability to teach the word of God. People who before couldn't sing a lick, couldn't hit a note in a bucket, can all of a sudden sing with such power and authority because God changes you. But the only way that that can happen is you have to give it all to him. I was saving a little bit in the back because, you know, he don't want to know about this. That's the part of you he wants to start with. Our response to God affected our standing with God. Y'all heard that? Our response to God, what we did in the garden, how we come into his presence on Mount Sinai, what we did affected our standing with him. Because of fear of his presence, we affected our receipt of his covenant. I don't know if y'all getting something, but I'm feeling something. Deuteronomy 5, verses 22 through 27. These words the Lord spoke to all of your assembly. In the mountain from the midst of the fire. Oh, y'all see a thing here? How does God come to us? Fire. The power and the authority. What you keep looking at as devastation, he meant as refinement. What the enemy, in Isaiah 54, verse 17, what the enemy meant to harm you, he will use to bless you. From the midst of the fire, the cloud, and the thick darkness with a loud voice, he added no more. And he wrote them on two tablets of stone and gave them to me. God said, look, I came to bring it to you personally, and you couldn't handle it. I came to talk to you one-on-one, and you couldn't handle it. So I had to write it down for him. And he puts it on two stone tablets. Anybody know what happens? Moses comes down the mountain. Right? He's like, man, I can't wait. Me and God have been up there talking. This is going to change everything. And what does he come down to? They're worshiping a golden calf. They had burnt all their, uh, with guess what? With fire. Right? They had used fire for devastation. What God meant for refinement, they were using for devastation. So it was, you heard the voice from the midst of the darkness while the mountain was burning with fire and you came near to me, all the heads of your tribes and your elders, and you said, surely the Lord our God has shown us his glory and his greatness. We have heard his voice from the midst of the fire. We have seen that God speaks with man and yet man still lives. Moses said, y'all worried about nothing. God came to live in glory with us, and y'all are worried about, well, remember what he did to the Egyptians, right? And we still do the same thing, guys. We're afraid of the Holy Spirit. We are afraid of Holy Ghost power. Now, therefore, why should we die for this great fire will consume us? If something consumes, does it leave anything behind? The old Jew has to die. A seed-bearing fruit has to die before it can have a new life. I'm gonna wrap this thing up quick, right? I'm gonna give y'all. Y'all see it on your page. You'll have your, uh, you'll have your, your scriptures. 
So next, we were made to live in harmony with God. We were made to live in harmony with God. See the garden if you don't believe it. This thing died again. <laughs> Who cares? Right? See the garden. Woo. So Genesis chapter 3, or Genesis 1 and 2, we see the introduction of the garden. The introduction of the garden brings the tree of good and evil. Right? And it brings the tree of life. Good and evil, life. Everything is there. Right? We live, literally, us, these beautiful creatures that God even let us name, seahorse. Right? Anybody ever wonder why you looked at a snake? I looked at a snake and was like, snake, that's a note noodle. Right? But, but he gave us the power to name things. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and to keep it. We were made to live, again, in cohabitation with God. We were made to live one and one on one with God. And repeatedly we're scared. Oh, he's so powerful. He's on your flipping side. Well, remember what he did to the Egyptians? That's your enemy. He had your back all alone. You worry about nothing. He loved you so much he sent his son to die for you. Mark chapter 15, verses 33 through 37 through 39, we see that when Christ breathed his last, the veil was torn. So the veil that we brought on ourselves by our actions, right? Because, hey, Jessica's in here, but I'm still going to say it. We still do hood rat stuff with our friends, right? And if you ain't ever did hood rat stuff with your friends, it's just because you don't want to admit it in public. Because we all do hood rat stuff with our friends. When Christ breathed his last, the veil was torn. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice. He says, Aloy, Aloy, Sabachthani, right? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Then the veil of the temple was torn in two. We couldn't look God face to face, and now we can. So when the centurion who stood in opposition to Jesus saw that he cried out like this and breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was the Son of God. In other words, all of us have to bend the knee. Bend the knee, bow the head. That's how we have total surrender. Bend the knee, bow the head. Give it all. Again, when we entered, we entered after his ascension into a new relationship with God, once again. By his dying on the cross, rising again, coming back. Look, guys, go follow the scripture. He goes in battles for us. He goes in battles for us. He goes to hell and gives people who never had a chance a chance. I rely heavily on that, guys. Because people will say, well, what happens to people who never got to hear the word of God? If Jesus was still given a chance, that one chance then, I think he's still given that one chance now. And that will give you all the hope. That means we are called to go and fulfill the scripture, right? We're supposed to go and preach the gospel to all people. But just in case it doesn't make it, just as he left, First Peter talks about this, just as he left and went, right, and battled sin and death, 
But here's the, here's the crazy, here's the good part, right? Like, he goes and battles sin and death, but he also says to the, the thief on the cross beside him, he didn't say, hey man, jump down from here and get baptized real quick, right? How can you have heaven? You've got to jump down. About nails? Yeah, you can figure it out. You've got to be baptized. No, he doesn't say that. He says, today, I'll see you in paradise. There was no stipulations. There was no, eh, eh. You know, I would let you in, but hey, I got like a four people robbing maximum and you rob five people. No. He forgave him for all that he'd done, right, and said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Why is this important, guys? Because the wait is over. Jesus is here. The Holy Spirit is here. You know, we talk about how we're going to look at Revelation and people will say, oh, you can't say we live in the end times. The end times began the second that Jesus left. The moment Jesus left this thing, the end times have began. I don't say that to scare you. I say that to tell you, you've got to get yourself right. How do you get yourself right? By total surrender. Absolute surrender. I want y'all to write this down if you got like paper or if you got like your phone, you want to take a note. So that y'all ever heard of uh, uh, Salvation Army? There is a hymn that I forget the guy's name, but the creator of the Salvation Army. He wrote a hymn. He wrote more than one hymn, but he wrote a hymn. And the hymn is called Sin the Fire. That was my inspiration for this this week. I was leaving a meeting on Tuesday with some guys that literally are just praying for me without ceasing, right? And I'm driving home, and like, y'all, y'all heard my, my, my YouTube mix, right? I'm on my way home, and this song starts playing. Never heard it before. And this thing just starts like, you ever had that moment where like something hits you, Right? I had, a, I had like a Ned moment. Y'all ever seen Fireman Home? What's the new Fireman, Jessica? Is that one homecoming? Far from home. No way home. Far from home. No way home. Something about home, right? In the newest one, there's three Spider-Man, spoiler alert. Right? Check this out. It gets crazier. Ned, you've had enough time, right? Like, I don't feel bad if you haven't seen it at this point. Ned is magic. I had to give that to people, right? But there's this moment where Ned has a, has a revelation, right? Where he's like, oh man, my grandma always said that I had a spark, a certain spark about me. And like in the moment when he, when his friends need him the most, there's a spark, right? Because it, it always has to start with an ember. You know how a fire starts? Okay, you guys are very active. There's an ember, right? Whether it's a big fire or a little fire. A single ember begins the fire. And that single ember told Ned, holy crap, I am that. Right? Like in, in not, so, not so many words. That spark has to happen in your life today. We 
you say, holy cow, it's real. He really did die for me. There really is Holy Spirit that was left behind. Jesus says uh, in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 through 8, as they were being assembled together, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. Don't leave. But to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with Holy Spirit. And he goes one step further. Not many days from now. It's going to happen. Send the fire. Y'all, when you leave this place today, send the fire. As you go out into your community around you today, send the fire. As you go into your work week this week, send the fire. Stop letting the world get into you and start getting into the world. I'm going to pray for us real quick. Uh, and we'll close in prayer. And then Corey will cue uh, up uh, a song. And we're, we're just going to kind of pray for it. I've run for like seven minutes, eight minutes late. I'm sorry. I'm just taking back that seven minutes I finished early that one time. Right? I'm going to pray for us. And, uh, and Corey's going to cue up a song that, that I feel is really net and it's not send the fire. Right? I'm like, oh, no, that one's for you. you got to go do that. That's like a, that's your own personal conquest when you leave here. I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to, we're going to cue up the song uh, every week to close. We just have a little bit of silent meditation, right, where we focus in on God, on God's word, on God's promises. As soon as that thing is over, I promise you'll be free to go, right? Dear Heavenly Father, God, we're just so thankful, Lord, today to, to be in your presence, God, to feel the fire of the Holy Spirit, God, to feel your flame, God. Today, I just pray that we stop seeing the fire as devastation, Lord, and we start seeing the fire as a refinement, God, that today we just begin to breathe in new utterance, God, that today we begin to breathe out your Holy Spirit, God, that we begin to breathe out Ruach Her, God, that we would just seek you and pursue you in all things, God. And I just pray that today we be changed, we be shifted, and we be motivated to put our full, undivided attention on you. And we pray. Amen.